This is the punt return with Woot and Y. And it's all proudly brought to you by Reading the Play. The place to go for the winning edge. Welcome back to another episode of The Punt Return. I'm Josh Wall. I'll be joined by Josh Woot a little bit later on in the show. But to open the show for, I think it's the third consecutive week now, um, I've got Mr. NFL from readingtheplay.com, the place you go for the winning edge on sport. And he had a successful week last week. Uh, the Saints well and truly covered the minus two and a half with an outstanding display across the board, just running it down their throat. Um, they ran it so hard down their throat that the Buffalo Bills have now benched their quarterback. Um, that doesn't make any sense. But anyway, here we are in week 11 now. Mr. NFL, how are we? Yeah, very well, Josh. Um, yeah, you're pretty much right. Uh, the Saints really did us a favour last week at reading the play and very impressive what they did. And, you know, um, it's covered off in their breakdown of that game. Really think they've found something there with a sort of a two-pronged attack and, you know, Mark Ingram really having a sensational game, running over 130 yards for three TDs. He, he really was outstanding and, you know, to compliment uh, Breeze and, you know, re- really positive signs for the Saints moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they had a just a really strong display across the board on defense as well. So not a great week for uh, for Wooten now. Probably our, for Wooten and I, sorry, probably our worst week since uh, probably week five and then week three was probably our, our skinniest week. So it's been a while since, actually in week seven, sorry. So... Um, it's been a pretty bad week. We only we only got one right, and that was that nearly lost two with Seattle. Um, Arizona missing a field goal, uh, an extra point late to just get, just just to get the minus five and a half through, um, just even a little bit. But uh, it, not not the best players across the board from us. So we're going to rebound in week eleven, and we'll get to that later on in the show. But uh, otherwise, still a successful season. So we'll turn it around. But in week eleven, um, some. Some interesting matchups. Six six teams on by, so it's a little bit of a lesser slate. But there's some really good um, betting mar- uh, betting matches from what I can see, as opposed to last week. Last week was a, a terrible week of football. I'm excited. There's some juicy matchups. But what have you got for us? And what have you got for uh, the people that are reading the play? Well, look, if if the guys uh, at reading the play um, know, as they do know, uh, we took the Pats last week, and that was one of our other um, strong plays that we had, and they, yep. they covered well and silly against Denver last week. And, you know, and, and there's no reason for us to change here. I really like what the Pats are doing, and I'm really impressed, you know, with their offense. You know, they are ranked number one for a reason. And, you know what, they, they come up against a... The, the 32nd ranked defensive side in, in um, the Raiders, you know, I really think the, the matchup, you know, is going to be a great one for um, New England and, you know, clear edges, you know, passing and rushing um, against Oakland. You know, their, their Ds on, on both sides is pretty poor. Um, they, they are very good offensively, Oakland, but I, I really think the improving um, New England D can get, can get that ball back and you know, get Brady back on the field and, you know, I really think the Pats are starting to ride something into playoffs in postseason, and you know, it's it's an it's an away game, but not really. It's in Mexico City, so the Pats have been excellent away. It was their twelfth road win, which is a, a, a equaling a record. So, you know, I, I think going to Mexico City is a bit of a, a bonus as well, considering it's not the Oakland's home ground. So yeah. yeah, I really think the positives are with New England this week. I think the the minus seven, you know, you want to grab that now before it jumps above that. Um. Yeah, I really think that it's a good play. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. In the, in that part, it's it's you know the number one DVOA offense taking on the 
32nd ranked uh, DVOA defense. And, and then you look on the other side of the coin, New England are 30th in defensive DVOA. But I feel like that number is really just reflective of how bad they were in the first sort of three weeks of the season. Um, the last few weeks, you know, they have given up yardage, but they're really stingy on points and really good in the red zone in terms of their defense. So, um, you know, the difference is they're holding teams to field goals and they're scoring touchdowns. So such a big discrepancy in terms of, you know, just looking at power rankings as well. You know, Oakland are in the bottom third there at 20th uh, in some power rankings and then New England obviously first. So when you're getting a touchdown yeah, and such a big difference, you have to take it. Really, yeah, really agree with you there, mate. Uh, you know, you really nailed it there on on their red zone too. You know, um, Denver got down there, but they really came away with nothing. It was just field goals, and you know, uh, I really think that's a that's an, an improving D. I really do, and I and, and like you said, that 30th ranking is not really representative of how how better they are. They're not the best, but, you know, they, they are a team better than that 30th ranking as far as defensive goes. Yeah, and, and the high altitude as well factors into this game. It's an even higher altitude game than where they played last week, uh, the, the Patriots, in terms of mile higher. So they've actually spent the week in Colorado adjusting to that sort of exactly. high altitude. And you just trust that Bill Belichick will have done a lot more research, a lot more study, and a lot more preparation into how to appropriately manage, you know, these conditions as opposed to, you know, no, I'm not having a go at Jack Del Rio. It's just that Bill Belichick is just so good at what he does that I just think that he'll have his team more prepared and will even even on special teams as well, will have something up his sleeve um, to adjust for that high altitude. And we saw how good they were last week. So definitely like the play, considered it myself. Um, but uh, when the reading the play uh, text came through last night, um, I thought I'll change my play so we don't double up. But I definitely, uh, I like the play. So, uh I definitely think people should check out reading the play, so you can get a text on a Wednesday night with a little uh, early NFL pick. It comes in handy. And uh, right. any, right, any early yes, that's it. Anything else uh, from reading the play before we let you go? Um, not really, Josh. Look, just the the excellent array of sports we have there, and subscriptions available. You know, um, and again, the NFL and college is, you know. performing well. You know, overall in the season, it's been excellent. Over last week was a was a. Not the best week, you know. Well, you know those weeks you're going to have, as you guys did, and you really need to minimise your, your um, you know, your units lost. And you know it wasn't too bad a result. There were some crazy college results last week, so you know we put it down to that and we move on. And you know, um, so yeah, I really think the guys should come along and join us. And you know, as per normal, we'll have a full list of plays up with analysis over the weekend. So you know, I encourage the Wood and Why. Um, listeners, the plethora of them that there are, uh, to visit the website, subscribe, and come and have some fun with Ring the Play. Definitely recommend it. And uh, Mr. NFL, good luck in week 11, and uh, we'll speak next week. Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Woot. What's going on, buddy? You know, it's a uh, week after the bye, and uh, it, was, it, was a beautiful, it was a beautiful week to take off. Um, Watching the rest of the NFC East yep. just flounder around while Philly just sat back and relaxed and watched the turmoil unfold. Yeah, so even when Philly had the bye, you uh, you still had still had a win. So it was was good. Everything's coming up Millhouse for uh, for your Eagles. But uh, speaking of taking the week off, week ten you kind of did take the week off. Zero from three. What's going on there? You know what I said. I said it was going to be. Um, a bad week for me because I'd had so much invested in the Cowboys, it seemed. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and Philly had the buy. But, you know, yep. from a money perspective, not so great 
from uh, just a general Philly fan perspective, it was a pretty good week. You put yourself in that, that win-win uh, situation where you, you were happy to lose the dough, see the Cowboys lose. So, uh, look, we, we were due a bad week. We were due a bad week, and uh, luckily Mr. NFL... Uh, provided the punters with a win on the show and, and a missed field goal on Thursday Night Football uh, produced a winner for me. So, look, it was a bad week, but let's look ahead to, to Week 11. And uh, Mr. NFL's given us his tip of New England minus seven uh, th- down there in Mexico to keep uh, everyone interested. Uh, I definitely recommend eating some Guzman while watching that match. But uh, what's your first play this week? All right, well, I'll stay on that trend. Um Philly winners, Cowboys losers. That's how I hope that this this week unfolds. So Philly are going into Dallas, minus three and a half. I think it's just, I think division games are generally closer always, but this, this seems to be like a Philly, Philly's just on a hot roll right now. And Dallas struggle on third down, and that's where Philly excels. Philly are just, they're just the drive extenders. That's what they do. They just somehow always manage to extend the drive. And, you know, they just have a a ridiculous amount of weapons at the, at the moment. And Zach Ertz looks to be back from injury and things like that. So every, everything's coming up pretty good at, at the right time. It's week 11, and we're only playing Dallas for the first time. It feels like that's, that's wrong. That is a we've little, played, that is a we've little bit skins, We've played the skins twice. Anyway, yep. I don't I don't like it when that kind of thing happens, but whatever. Yep. Yeah. I also have Philadelphia minus three and a half at Dallas as one of my plays this week. You know, I don't need to tell you, man, but I'll let the listeners know that, you know, obviously Philly are lighting up the scoreboard. Their past five games, they've scored 51, 33, 34, 28, and 34 in their past five games. So they've cleared the spread in six straight games. They're just... Scoring at will, and now they're playing a, a Dallas team that's missing Sean Lee and will potentially be missing Tyrone Smith. But the Sean Lee factor is a huge, huge loss for that Dallas defense, who are already uh, down the bottom in terms of uh, not the bottom, but uh, in the middle there in terms of defense in in uh, DVOA. So they're missing their heart and soul of of their defense. So uh, you know they're 22nd in DVOA defense now without Sean Lee. So I definitely think the Eagles and their high flying. Uh, Number five ranked offense can uh, get it done. I hope you're right. I hope we're right. Yep. I think we'll. I think we're right. And this is an interesting stat. And I to- told you off air. Uh, the visiting team in Philadelphia at Dallas or Dallas at Philadelphia. So the visiting team is actually eight and three against the spread in the last eleven games in this matchup. So uh, Philly are the away team. So this actually bodes well for them. And then in November, the Cowboys are three and ten against the spread in their last 13 games in November. Um, so that's something to notice. And the Eagles are 5-0 and straight up in their last five divisional games. So they kind of own the East for the last uh, few matches there. Wow. So everything's there pointing to Philly minus 3.5. That point five really annoys me. So if you can find minus 3 anywhere, possibly try it. Or if you want to buy a little bit back, buy that half a point back just to be safe. But um, I think Philly should win this one. Me too. Uh, all right, my second play is... Well, that was my third play, so I'll go back to my first play, and I'm going to start with a little bit of Thursday night football action. Um, it got me the win last week by hair, but I'll take it. Um, I'm taking the under 44 in Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's kind of interesting game in the regards to the over-under. So 
The total for Tennessee has gone over in there in six of their last eight games, but then for Pittsburgh, the total's gone under in eight of their last nine games. So something's got to give. But if you look at the Tennessee schedule, they haven't played too many elite defenses quite like Pittsburgh, and it's hard to associate elite defense with Pittsburgh because when you think of Pittsburgh, you just think of Big Ben and Le'Veon and all that sort of stuff. But even with those like high-flying offenses, offensive players, Pittsburgh still haven't put up like a whole heap of points. Um, they, they're, they're actually 19th in points scored this season. So um, they're pretty pretty slow at scoring. They like to run the ball. and They've been feeding Le'Veon Bell like crazy and just running the ball a lot. So that takes a lot of time off the clock. And I also think on the other side of the ball, Tennessee are the same way. Their primary objective in moving the ball is is running the ball. So I definitely think that this total is a little bit too high. And I think uh, under 44 will hit. I I don't know. See, this is the, it's what's it's times like this when it's it happens a lot for New England, but I think it's when you can only see a game script going one way for both teams. It's when the game script kind of just gets flipped completely on its head. And I know it's more this isn't like statistical or anything like that, but it's kind of just that that feel that you know like if this game get stuck in the mud and it becomes this, hey, we're just going to, someone needs to get the upper hand on the ground game and then it starts to become, you know, an air raid and I can just see it becoming a shootout and Mariota running everywhere and things like that. I know Mariota's hurt, so that also bodes well for the under. We don't know how he's going to, you know, bounce back from his uh, recent troubles and, you know, Big Ben's not getting any younger, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's it's a gut feeling. I, I think... I think you're right going on the under. I'm not going against you. I'm just saying yeah, that no, there's no. always I, that. This is, this is why we have it. I like the discussion. So this might sway your mind a little bit. So the Steelers, they're the best under team in the NFL. They're 8-1 and one this year in terms of their over-unders, so in, in favor of the under. They're allowing just 16 points per game, and they're the number two defense. Um, and they're going against Tennessee, who averaged 22 points per game. So they're going to have to really... what what. what? What's the average score of Pittsburgh at home? Because they've only played two or three at home, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't played too many games at home. They've gone on a kind of a uh, four-game win streak, and they're actually five on the ro- five and one on the road this year. The Steelers. So they've actually been um, better in terms of away from home as opposed to uh, at home. I have to check their schedule now to see how they went, how they've been going at home. Uh, let's have a look here. So they've they've lost games at home, but <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to judge. But they haven't really scored a huge amount. Like you normally associate the Steelers scoring a whole heap of points, but if I asked you what's the highest points that they've scored this year, what would you say? Twenty eight. Yeah, like it's they've scored they scored twenty nine points against the Bengals, and that's it. Everything else has been like that was pretty close. Yeah, everything close. else has been low twenties. Like. They're not they're not the high powered offense that we expect, like we're used to. And I know the the uh, the Tennessee secondary isn't the best, but you know it's not. Yeah, it's not that. I don't know. I, I just think the under. I just think the under is there. I the Steelers like to run the ball, and I think uh, it'll just be a. a no, nah, don't worry. I yeah. agree. All right, taking the under. <laughs> What's Good. your second one? All right, second one. I'm going. Baltimore, <laughs> I was like, wait, no, I didn't. Yeah, Baltimore minus two at Green Bay. So we're talking about before how, uh, talking before we re- started recording that 
you know, they're getting Macklin back and this offensive line for, for Green Bay going up against this pass rush for Baltimore, who, when you look at them, they're right in, like middle of the pack, would you say? Yeah, probably. You know, Balaga's injured as well, so. Yeah, but it's just, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I think this this front for the Ravens is going to cause all kinds of trouble against the Packers, even though they're like kind of just a, a middle of the pack thing, especially because, I don't know, just the whole Green Bay, Green Bay got super lucky last week. They shouldn't, it should, we're not going to go into that again. John we're not going to go into <laughs> We're not going to go into that again. Yeah. But the Packers' O-line is just so bad. It's just so bad. It doesn't need an elite um, pass rush to you know, disrupt this. And the Ravens, I just to be honest, Ravens getting Macklin back, just having a number one wide receiver is such a big boost. It's not so much that he's going to you know, revolutionize this offense, but it, it takes emphasis away for a defense that's already not too great. So... Okay. Green Bay have historically owned the uh, the Ravens the last uh, few matchups, but that's obviously had Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. So a lot of the trends kind of have to you have to just throw out the window in that regard um, because you know the best quarterback on the planet is not playing. So uh, I definitely like the Ravens. I think the bye week came in handy because they were very banged up, especially at the receiver core. Um, and look, Flacco's had his back problems all year as well. So I think it's a much needed break. Uh, for them, a tough sort of trip for, for Green Bay after playing at Chicago to come back home now and, and face another sort of nasty, gritty defense as well. Um, we'll learn a lot about Brett Hundley if they do manage a win, Green Bay, and how tough he is. But um, you have to think that Baltimore, uh, um, especially with the that number six seed on the line in the in the AFC for, for Baltimore, like they're still... A chance yeah, to, it, to claim it, that. Exactly. It means so much for Baltimore, so much more for Baltimore. Green Bay are already kind of like, well, we don't want to go far if it's going to cost us a high draft pick and like we're not going to win. Yeah, although so. Rogers is back apparently at practice today, but I, I just don't oh, know if they, I don't know if that means like next week or like week 15, and I just don't think they'll be alive, especially with the top head. From a Colts fan, do you think they should rush their quarterbacks back? <laughs> no, exactly. Um, um, but wait, top, so, he, top Baltimore... heavy NFC, they're not going to be in playoff contention in week 15. No. Baltimore ranks 12th in sacks. They're forced uh, a league-leading 13 interceptions, and they have 270 interception return yards, which is just insane. And Hunley, Hunley was uh, he was taken down three times last week by the Bears, and Baltimore are coming off a three-sack game against the Titans, who have a far better offensive line than Green Bay, even though they don't have the best offensive line themselves. But I don't know. I like it. I think the, they're, they're going to generate pressure, and they're just—they're an opportunistic defense. They're not so much, you know, a stout defense. They're opportunistic. They're playmakers. Yep. So Green Bay, as you said, the O line—they're 25th in terms of pass protection um, in DVOA. So they've allowed 30 sacks. So that's an 8.1% adjusted sack rate. And then Green Bay offensive lines third in run blocking, but they've just lost Aaron Jones and, and Ty Montgomery got injured as well. So. Um, it's definitely advantage Baltimore in that matchup. Yep. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, my last play, because I've already covered Philly, is Detroit minus three at Chicago. Um, I love this play. Uh, 
a new Chicago sort of crash back to earth was coming. Um, they just couldn't keep up with the players that they have and the results that they were getting at home. So um, the Lions are six and one straight up, and they're five and two against the spread in their last seven games as a favourite. Um, so the Bears they've, they've tallied 15 points per game in their past three outings, and they've only scored more than 17 points just once in their past five. And then on the same avenue of that, Detroit have held opponents to 17 or fewer points on three occasions during this uh, three and one straight up and against the spread road run. So when they've been on the road, they've been very very stingy defense, and they're actually five and two against the spread in their past seven road games with NFC North rivals. So I definitely think that uh, Stafford, he's, he's been good on the road. 17 touchdowns, only five picks. Um, and they scored 38, 30, and 38 in their uh, past three road games. So I think the Lions should cover here against Chicago. Um, the Detroit defense has been really good. Like, it started off really good and got overrated, and then it kind of crashed back to earth, and everyone sort of forgot about them. But they've been somewhat steady now over the last uh, few like few weeks. So they're kind of in the middle of the road, sort of a top 15 defense, and that's all they need to be when you have uh, Stafford and that offense playing uh, somewhat uh, somewhat well. They're just a bit inconsistent, but I definitely think that they have enough uh, firepower to cover a, a measly three against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, you covered it pretty well. The only thing I'd add is that, you know, this is generally the time when Stafford starts to get hot. He seems to be a second half, like, second half of the season kind of player. Fourth quarter of the season is... player? Like he's yeah, in the game? Just, <laughs> yeah, just, no, but just seems to like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, this could be the season. This could be the season. Do you see the second half of last season? Stafford was balling, and then that's uh, every season. It's like, that seems to be just Stafford in a nutshell. But, yep. yeah, I like it. I don't have really much more to add. What happened to Tariq Cohen for the Bears? <laughs> he's gone. Mm, it's... I don't know. Featured very slimly. Yeah, he's just... I don't know. John Fox. Do we need to say more? It's Fox Ball. Yeah. Renew him. Detroit, right. Detroit with their schedule and their run home, this is the game they need to win and win comfortably and, and drive that momentum because there's still an outside chance to to somewhat sneak into this division if the Vikings... Um, you know, they've got a couple of tough matchups in the next few weeks, so... There's still an outside chance to win the division, and there's still a chance to make the playoffs, even though the NFC is very top-heavy. Um, so I definitely think that they'll uh, cover this game. So that's my three plays. What's your last play? Uh, my last play, which is a play that I know you're not so fond of. Um, it's it, purely because of my gut. There's no other reason to back up what my underdog pick is going to be, but you'll, which is spoiler alert, will be the opposite of what Josh is about to say. I like the Jags minus seven and a half. You just so don't learn. You seven... lost on them last week. The Jags? Yeah. I'm doubling down. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's not like I get that the Jags, it's not so much the Jags as it is the Browns. Like yep. I just don't have any faith in the Browns to be able to, A, produce points against a stout defense, and then B, to not turn the ball over. They're going to have to fall. Like Jacksonville's game plan is going to be going to try to be conservative. They're going to try to, you know, just run it down the middle. That's kind of their, their mantra this year. And if it starts to work and they get an early lead, it's not going to end well for the Browns. They're going to try to, you know, air it out a bit more. They're going to try to make plays happen. And then 
the Jaguars, that's similar to Baltimore's defense. They're just, you know, they're interception machi- machines and they're, you know, Saxonville. So it's, they've had 18 turnovers this year. So it's just crazy. It is. They've just been unbelievable. And the way that they won that game in, like, Blake Bortles threw two interceptions in the final two minutes and they still won the game. He's the first quarterback ever to do that. That's how good their their defense is. Um, I am just worried about their attack on how they're going to score points because Cleveland are really good at stopping the run, surprisingly second in DVOA rush defense, um, which I, I guess surprises a lot of people. Um, but if Blake Bortles showed, okay, even though he was so awful in that last quarter against the Chargers, their lone touchdown drive, they didn't run the ball once. Like, it was all Blake Bortles throwing the ball. So, like, in a tiny sample size, he has shown that he can throw the ball, and the Chargers' defense is a lot um, better in the secondary as opposed to Cleveland's. Mm-hmm. So, but in saying that, so you're taking Jaguars minus 7.5 at Cleveland. That's right. Do you want to? I don't know. You lost by half of the Jags. Would you suggest buying that point back and keeping it at a touchdown, possibly? No, mate. It'll be it'll be a blowout. All right. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to lead us into <laughs> underdog. I just have a weird gut feeling about Cleveland winning outright against the Jags. I don't know why. I just have this insane gut feeling that Cleveland Browns are going to get off the duck egg and they're going to win this game. I I have no explanation why. It's just purely. One hundred percent a gut feel. Um, I wouldn't do that with my normal plays, but with an underdog, I'm gonna just go with my gut for no reason whatsoever. Then to suggest that I'm just gonna trust my gut. Well, it's a decent gut. Yeah. Um, wow. Jeez. I'm doing the blinking guy gif right now. Like, oh, okay, go. Yep, sweet. Uh, yeah. No. All right. I'll let. I've stated my I've stated the reasons why I don't think that will Yeah, happen, no, so I, it, it, look, it is paying four to one odds, so it is completely out there. But um, I one thing I thought Deshaun Kaiser had his best game last week. I'll say that. So against the number one, right. now facing the number I've one been... pass defense, a historically great pass. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I talk myself into it and then I talk myself out. But yeah, look, I'm just going to throw a little specky on it. Let's just say that. All right. Uh, what's your uh, uh, underdog? I'm going Tampa. I think the, I think uh, Fitzpatrick. It's not, it's not so much uh, too much analysis in this. I just like how Fitzpatrick played last week and uh, going up against this uh, Dolphins team that just seems a little bit lost. I like, I like the combination they have with Drake and Williams. I think that, uh, I think, um, Gase kind of has something to work with there now. They they kind of fit more like what he wants to do. They don't have a great team. That's why I think Tampa Bay um, at $2, you know, looks looks like a, a pretty good underdog bet. But yep. I don't know. I just – Fitzpatrick still has it. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. Yeah, I can see see why you, you do that. And plus, uh, it gets the run. Miami have been terrible. Like, Jonathan Stewart looked amazing last week. Even Curtis Artis Payne broke off, like, massive runs. So, like – you know, you trust Doug Martin, who they're just going to hand the ball. Like, he got 20 carries last week against the Jets. He's going to have a strong game. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what they're going to do, um, the Dolphins, to, like, kind of get the ball rolling. I, like, if they have they have offensive weapons. That's the thing. So, like, okay, they got they got rid of JHI, but they still have plenty on offense. They just – it's like they don't know how to use it. 
It's just it is frustrating. I know they went up against a, you know, a, a Panthers team which is nothing like the, the uh, Tampa Bay defense, and they should have more success. But they just seem stifled sometimes. It's like if something didn't work, then they just it was a insanity. They just kept trying the same thing, and it wasn't working. And it's like they just had no no more ideas. Yeah, just crazy. Yep. All right, man. Well. That's our underdog play. So just moving to our multi with Mr. NFL, as I said at the top of talking to you, and if you've listened from the very start, Mr. NFL has uh, tipped New England minus seven at Oakland. They're $1.95 at William Hill at the moment. I'm going to take Detroit minus three at Chicago as part of our multi. Um, That's also $1.95. What's going to be your play? Uh, I think you can guess my play. I think I will go the Eagles. Yep. So minus three and a half is a dollar ninety one. If you want to buy like a half point and have it at a three, because it is a multi, and why not? You can get a dollar sixty seven for the Mr. minus three. Mr. Y. Yep. Mr. Y. Yep. Just looking at this. So we've both picked Philadelphia as the underdog this season. Both got wins. Yep. And when Mr. NFL has picked the Eagles. Yep. They were a win. Yeah, so they've been a great win. I'm liking this. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying if you want to be conservative, um, you can get still get $6.35 if you want to buy that half point back. Otherwise, at the full amount, $7.25 multi, $1.95, $1.91, $1.95, William Hill, Australia, $7.25. Pretty good multi there for a three-legger. Um, yeah, so if you want to be a little bit of a pansy and buy the half point, do it. You're still getting $6.30, but $7.26 at the full amount. There we go. All right, man. Well, uh, good, good luck. luck. Good, good luck, luck yeah. chat. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Bounce back week. Feeling good about week 11. Much better slate of games. Week 10 was terrible. Just apart from that Washington-Minnesota game, the rest of the games were pretty awful. It was pretty average. Yep. All right, man. Well, good luck and uh, gamble responsibly. This has been the Puck Return. Don't forget to check out readingtheplay.com to get the winning edge on all sports and racing. You can also check out all bets mentioned on today's podcast online at wootandwhy.com. And make sure to follow each of the boys on Twitter at thisiswootand at jynfl. Or you can follow the podcast at wootandwhy. And as always, gamble responsibly.